everybody, I'm Robert. Hey guys, I'm Chris. And we're the Film Flamers. Today we are bringing you our hot take on The Wretched. That's right. Uh, If you recall from Shooting the Flames last week, I talked about watching The Wretched because it had sort of made some headlines about being the number one movie at the box office. And at this point, by the time of this recording, four weeks in a row, um, I needed to check it out because I wanted to see what kind of movie was number one during the pandemic. And there's a little story behind that, right? Because um, it's it's it was only at like a couple of drive-ins or something, you know, where people right. could be socially distant, and that's why this movie like it never would have had a chance before, and we probably wouldn't even still known about it uh, at this point. But you know, it, it it was basically top of the box office because it's uh, a good horror movie that was on these drive-ins. That's right. And so I sort of like found out about the movie by reading an article on Bloody Disgusting about it being number one. But now even Forbes has written an article about this movie. Yeah, I've seen it in the news since then, yeah. And so, I mean, it made me super excited and super happy that a small independent horror movie could reach the level and be able to say they were a number one movie at the box office. And I wanted to check it out. And also, I wanted my good friend and co-host Chris to watch it as well to see what he thought. Yeah, and I did. And so now it's time for us to give our hot take on this little movie that everyone is talking about. So this movie actually premiered back in July, I think, and then it didn't get a wider, in quotes, wider release (laughs) until now. Um, But it's about a young boy who discovers an evil witch in the nearby woods and must stop it from harming his neighbors. Mm-hmm. And it is described as it is because it is a um, nature based or tree witch creature thing, which we'll get into a little bit later. Right. So uh, the movie focuses around this young boy, a teenage boy who has come to live with his father because his parents are going through some sort of separation or imminent divorce. Mm-hmm. And he is like sort of thrown into a life that he's not accustomed to making friends and working. And he notices some strange things going on at his father's neighbor's house. And so the movie itself sort of like takes a rear window slash evil dead slash witch slash every horror trope imaginable thrown into one movie kind of turn and um, even some like Shyamalan-esque twists. So I think there's a lot to enjoy and talk about for this movie. So I actually really enjoyed this movie a lot. I thought it was really solid. Um, especially for such a low budget. We don't really know the budget. Um, all I know is that it's it was shot for theoretically just like, you know, the lowest of budgets imaginable, but right. it looks and sounds really, really good. And so far at the box office, it's made like 650000 So I guess that might be breaking even. I don't know. Low budget nowadays is like $1 million or less, right? I really love the fact that, I mean, like for a number one movie at the box office, you would expect to have like millions and millions of dollars, right? And obviously during the times that we live in, that's not going to happen. And so for a number one movie to make $600,000, you know, I think is just amazing. Yeah, and I'm sure a lot of people are hearing that news and then watching it on video because even though it's still in those drive-in theaters, um, it is on video on demand. So uh, I believe we both rented it on Amazon. Yep. So yeah, I, I rented it on Amazon. Chris and I watched it uh, together during our mm-hmm. brief stint, um, you know, reunited. And then I actually watched it again yesterday at the time of this yeah. recording. So I've seen this movie three times now. 
So, um, and I, I don't know why I felt the need to watch it that third time. I guess I just sort of wanted to, right? Both because I enjoyed the movie and I sort of wanted to like piece things together a little bit. I think the more you watch something, you can sort of see like why they made the, the writing and directing choices that they did. Okay, good. Maybe you can answer some questions for me. (laughs) I don't know. I don't think a whole lot got answered for me either. I just really enjoyed it on that third watch again. And a lot of it I think has to do with the lead actor in this movie. His name is John Paul Howard. And I mean, he's really, he's a good little horror actor, right? He carried this movie well and um, really was just a good center for this movie. And like to me, and I I could be wrong about this, right? But it's been, it's been a while since I've seen like a, a teen driven horror movie that was sort of like centered around a guy. You know, I think oftentimes we get a final girl and, um, yeah, I know it was sort of refreshing for me. Right. Yeah. It, it almost feels like a final family in this because it is kind of yes. neighborhood based. Right. right. Yeah. You're right. I mean, I didn't even think about that. So that's, that's perfect. So, I yeah. mean, so this kid like really starts to piece together the things that are going wrong, um, in his little neighborhood and yeah, start- there's a little like rear window esque kind of situation. He's got a broken arm, but he's like spying on the neighbors and watching weird things happen. Mm-hmm. And he starts to investigate when things just get weirder and weirder. And I think that's partly the reason why I like this movie so much. I mean, oftentimes on the film flamers, we talk about homage and how much we appreciate callbacks to other horror movies. And this movie is rife with it for mm-hmm. sure. I mean, yeah. we got some Hitchcock going on in there and other like supernatural elements moments and even maybe some like like jaws moments right because it all takes place on like a body of water there's no shark but i mean i don't know boats <laughs> yeah i'm not sure any horror moments happen on the boats until the very 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 end of the movie but we don't want to give too much away so the wretched tries to in- invoke some kind of um folklore I think with this tree witch creature thing and some of the abilities and rituals that surround that character, like possessing or replacing people, which is another kind of homage to some other things, uh, consuming children, living in the forest, et cetera, et cetera. But it's a little muddled and messy if you think about it too much. Like there's some different things going on. Like there's kind of a, this movie has kind of like a zombie like intro that doesn't really connect with the rest of the movie, but it just kind of calls it's like, why was it 30 years ago? Where are those characters now? What happened with it? Like the cult like symbol that you see on the poster for this film is seen on the, like the doors of the houses of the victims, as well as the tree uh, or layer of the witch itself. And it's like, you wonder if there's like a cult thing because it's also having like a setting up like an altar. Like what is it's God? Is it the the patron demon of truckers, the Wendigo? Because, <laughs> it certainly looks like it. Because it has antlers and everything else. Like it's right. it's leaving a bundle of sticks in the place of a baby, even <laughs> though it doesn't do that for anything else. Like the the laws and rules about the creature are are really murky. It just seems like it takes a lot of different things from folklore and kind of sticks together, much like that bundle of sticks. So when it does return to its lair and it, like when does it return to its lair and start again? Like it it obviously is like sated at some point because it's it's going in and possessing and replacing these people and then consuming the children, you know, but it's also consuming the people it replaces. So it's like at some point it does return to its lair and I don't know, maybe sleeps for a while. I was thinking maybe that was some sort of Jeepers Creepers moment, mm-hmm. but it doesn't really explain any of that. And I guess it eventually goes back to its tree and starts, you know, making cookies with the rest of the Keeblers. <laughs> but like and i'm happy that nothing is really explained i think horror is generally better 
you know, and creepier when it's when it isn't fully explained. But I just felt like I needed some kind of tidbit to tie all of it together to ground it a little bit. I mean, what's with all this senseless killing? Let's have a murder that makes sense. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I, I agree that there were some unanswered questions about the actual villain in the movie and the way that it operates and why, you know, and if they're going to make callbacks to things like Jeepers Creepers or I think more importantly, it in this movie. I mean, mm-hmm. so, I mean, obviously it, it comes and goes from its place in nature to devour children. And I was like, well, it's very similar to it, but it did a good job at explaining a timeline and why kind of like Jeepers Creepers was, yeah. Could have been based mm-hmm. on it too. Yeah. Right. And so, um, yeah, I, I feel that unanswered questions are okay in this movie. Like it doesn't bother me so much that I don't know the, the where and why that the witch is operating, but why it's what it's worshiping, why it's setting up altars to either itself or something else, why it's do what, what the cult like symbol is and why it's putting it like it's self branding. Well, you know, yeah. it's, it's, there's a lot of weird details that are really interesting that I wish was kind of explained more <laughs> self branding. I was like, that. uh, <laughs> I mean, so like, I mean, witchcraft itself is a religion, right? And so witches obviously worship nature or, you know, I'm not a Wiccan, so I'm not going to like speak to any of that, but I would assume that this witch also worships something and that's why she's setting up that altar. She needs that altar to operate, right? Maybe she just likes real estate because like she doesn't say, (laughs) I want to eat you. I want to break your, you know, I want to kill all your family. I want to consume everything. I'm going to possess, possess you and and erase everyone's memories. Cause it's another thing she does is erase people's memories of their loved ones. So she can replace and eat them. Right. You know, can kind of consume one household at a time. She says, I'm going to break your arm. That's the only threat. The thing that she says she wants is the house. She's like, I really like this house. (laughs) Right. I know when you just said, maybe she just likes real estate. I'm like, obviously she does because she's like, I really like this house. I'm like, oh, she's finally found it. That's all that this witch is after is like the perfect forever home. And she's like, this is the one. (laughs) Well, you go back to that tree and it's just a wreck. Yeah. (laughs) It's a wretched wreck. (laughs) All gnarly and shit. I mean, yeah. I really like the creature's presentation at the beginning of the film because it does the kind of that subtle, creepy horror that I love so much. Like you see her on a baby monitor, you know, it's just the eyes, you know, and you're not sure of like the size and, and like kind of shape of this creature until later. Um, but it's really uh, kind of the sense is that it's very animal like until you see that it's, it's really just this old, wretched woman. And yeah. I I really enjoyed the moments when it came out of the deer to sort of like put itself in the story that we we are focused on. Right. So we're given a sort of flashback at the beginning and then eventually like this, this creature comes out of a deer and that's the, like the whole start of its like possession and work in the the area. And it tried to hitch a ride because it it can't possess someone unless it kind of, it can kind of get someone down into its lair to do that, you know, to like eat it out of its skin and to put the skin on right as a skinwalker or something. Mm -hmm. And so apparently it it got into this fucking deer and put the deer in front of the person's, this family's car and they hit it and then they load it up (laughs) to try and like, I guess, eat it. (laughs) But it's all putrid and nasty. So they're like, oh, we're going to not eat this. And then later that night, it kind of comes out of the deer's stomach and goes and and leaves a, I was going to say, a bundle of sticks for <laughs> in place of their baby yeah well we have to tell that story because we're both gay and it's slightly slightly ever so slightly more okay for us to say the word <laughs> if it's okay at all ever but i just remember like watching that movie for the first time and you were sitting right next to me and she lifts the little baby blanket and it's just like this bundle of sticks and i'm like oh my god my baby's a faggot <laughs> <laughs> 
and you died. You. I mean, it's moments moments like that that make movies like fun to watch with friends, right? So I mean, yeah. I mean, like no offense to anybody, but it was a funny moment. So, I mean, it's just a literal use of a definition of a word. So, but uh, yeah, I I really enjoyed the moment that being came out of that deer because we get this moment where the, the the hero of the movie is investigating a strange noise so he goes outside and ultimately gets to the neighbor's porch and it's there like on the porch yeah. like watching him and we have no idea how big or small or what it is right and it's that kind of like unknowing about what this this villain actually is that makes the mm-hmm. movie exciting and fun for me that's why i really appreciate the first half of this movie more than the second half agree because there's also kind of a twist at the end it's not like a game-changing twist m night Shyamalan style but it's it's more like a needless twist and that it didn't really have to happen and it kind of begs some questions in retrospect well and that's why i went back to watch the movie because i wanted to sort of piece together this twist and i was just like obviously they have some moments where they're like showing you the twist you're supposed to know and i'm like okay let me just see if I would have picked up on it or should I have picked up on it in these moments. Right. And no, I don't, I've watched Mm -hmm. it three times now and I'm like, they make it way too ambiguous. Right. You know, like the weird woman saying like, that's a nice drawing on your cast. And it's like this doodle. And it's like, that kid could have done that. Not, you know, Anyway, we're getting too into it. I don't want to reveal the twist. Yeah, I don't want to You know, there's also like a thing where there's like a Connect Four game or whatever. And I'm like, that's age appropriate. (laughs) Like, I didn't think anything of it, you know? Well, I mean, I just thought he was playing a game with his dad. And I mean, and there's another scene with um, the witch sort of at a doorway. So, I mean, like, listeners, when you watch The Wretched, and I suggest that all of you go do it, because I would like to continue supporting this movie. I think mm-hmm. that the, we need to like lift this movie up, because in the time that we're living in, in this pandemic, and not being able to go to the theaters, I think that this is a wonderful story for all of us to like get a little gleam of hope of, right? And also, I think that it's good for horror fans, right? Because, I mean, if we look at the time that we're living in, right? And there are other movies showing in that drive-in, things that are not horror horror related but what are people flocking to see in a time like this they're going to see this little horror movie about a witch and i think that this shows you why this genre is so important to people who love it and even people who don't you know like we're living in a very scary time let's go watch something controlled and scary and just like sort of let our emotions out a little bit and i think this is a perfect fun movie to do that but it also makes me kind of wish that we had more drive-in theaters right because that's like perfect you know go in with like a significant other or, or some friends you know and and go and just sit in your enclosed space because you know it's pandemic and and watch a horror movie and at night you know that's right it just seems like it's just perfect drive-ins are perfect for horror movies and i and and i wish we had more of that and i hope that we see some sort of renaissance in this too i mean like i mean i know that you have to like buy their food and candy but let's face it in your own car you can bring in whatever you want and i'll have a whole like ice chest full of beer and can relax in my own fucking vehicle with my husband if i can drag him to a movie like this and like watch it you know so bring on the drive-ins i think it's a good thing to do and i'm this is a whole other conversation yeah (laughs) open bottles of alcohol and vehicles it's it's a fun time (laughs) well i'm not driving (laughs) (laughs) overall i feel like this movie looks and sounds great it has great creature design makeup and effects and has a, a good mix like a really good mix of both subtle and bombastic horror and it's a lot of fun as long as you don't think about it too much and i would watch this again and um 
I think I rated it a three and a half star, almost rated it four. Yeah. And I, I, whenever we watched it together, I told you I had rated it three and a half and I was like teetering on four and I still am like, this is totally a movie that I would watch again. This is totally a movie that I would recommend to people to go and watch. This is a movie that I would watch for like the sixth time just to show it to someone who hadn't seen it before. And I think that speaks yeah. very highly of a movie. So, I mean, I might even like bump it up to four stars you know if they remove that twist or just made it a little bit tighter and this is not an overlong movie at all it's it's a good length yeah and if they remove that twist it would literally just be like two minutes short (laughs) you know but and i mean like the cast is good i liked his friend right or love interests right mallory was her character name i think the actress's name is piper curta or something and she was Mm -hmm. delightful she was great i mean yeah, it's just it's just a fun movie, and and I love the end of the film too. Yeah, it has a nice uplifting ending. So I mean, happy, <laughs> and it's what we need. It's what we need right now. So I mean, I think it's safe to say that Chris and I wholeheartedly recommend the Wretched. After having, I mean, some hot takes we've had this year have been just abysmal, right? And it's just it's good to watch a movie that we liked. Yeah, so. Well, I think that just about wraps up our conversation on The Wretched. We would obviously love to know what y'all thought about the movie, so reach out to us on social media, at the Film Flamers on Twitter, Facebook, or Instagram. Or email us at tiredqueens at filmflamers.com, or better yet, call our hotline at 972-666-7733. Let us know exactly what you thought of The Wretched, or anything else really, and we'll put it on the air in the next Shooting the Flames and respond to it. Don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe to our podcast where you listen, and head over to patreon.com slash thefilmflamers where we have tons and tons of bonus content, including stuff coming out this month. We can get as little as $2. Yep. Last month, we did a flashback on Doctor Strange, and this month, we are doing a flashback on Suddenly Last Summer. And Chris and I watched about, I don't know, 1,700 movies during our brief stint together, so we <laughs> We might even have some other hot takes hitting Patreon as well. So um, yeah, we've definitely got the backlog that we could talk about. <laughs> yeah, stay tuned, everybody. And we have more stuff coming out for you in June. We'll be covering Psycho Beach Party and doing a top ten on vacation horror. We haven't done a top ten in quite some time. Yeah. So well, guys, we appreciate all the listens and support, and we're gonna go off into our sleepy woods and try to find a tree witch. I think. Yeah. I don't know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Sweet dreams.